Today, I want to take a few moments and talk about the God of hope, the God of hope. Uh, these last couple of years have been um, amazing, um, odd, conflicted. I, I hear, I'm, I'm going to be 66 years old next month, which, uh, which I find very hard to believe myself. But uh, I'm staring down the barrel at 70 years old. Oh, my God. And, uh, but I will promise you this. I still like to worship loud as anybody likes to laugh, worship. And, uh, but, uh, but in all the years that I've been alive, I can't ever remember the, anything being as so bizarre as the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, in March 2020, the whole pandemic thing started, just came on us uh, like a hurricane. And I, I, we, we kind of think it came from China. We don't know. Uh, I think there's going to be theories and uh, ideas. It's going to be like the same thing as uh, JFK's assassination. I think people are just going to come up with ideas for years. And who knows? But all I know that it, is that it did happen. And uh, we went through all kinds of fallout from, from that. Uh, in the last couple of years, racial tensions have uh, just been at an all-time high in ways that I've never even seen before. Political tensions between Democrats, Republicans, and different people on different sides of the aisle. Um, we've had to wear masks, or and some people have gotten mad because they've had to wear a mask, and some people have gotten mad uh, because you wear a mask. It's like it's crazy, uh, the conflict of it all. Vaccines, do they work? Do they not work? Do you need a booster? Are you going to get sick from the vaccine? Is it going to help you? Everybody is just conflicted about it all. Uh, anybody glad they came to church to hear today uh, to hear about all this? Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the truth is, it's like, I don't think I've, I don't, I think I can remember news being so bizarre and fake. Uh, and it's like, you don't really know who is telling the truth and who is just covering an agenda that they want to cover. Um, forever, we had to endure Zoom calls. Thank Jesus, that's over. Uh, you know, in this, in this last little bit, we have had record a generational high of inflation. Uh, it costs more money now to fill your gas tank up. Um, there's wars going on and we're watching and we're wondering what should we do, how involved we should be. And it's just like crazy uncertainties taking place. And, and the truth is why I, we've even had to endure the demise of Kanye in Kim Kardashian's marriage. Oh, it's been a tough two years. Um, if anybody wants to send me any hate email uh, about what I just said, uh, address that to jconway um, at rockofashville.com, and he'll be glad to feel that for you. Or you could just address it to I don't care uh, at rockofashville.com. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I think we need that email address. Um, but the truth is, how, you know, how do you feel about the future? 
how do you feel about your future? And I'm here today to take a few moments to talk to us about the God of hope, that hope is a posture that our soul can take toward the future. Hope is an expectation that the future is going to be greater than our present situation, and that the the future is definitely going to be better than our past has ever been. And so the, the opposite of hope would be, I think, despair. And somewhere on the, on the sliding scale of hope or despair, we probably all find ourselves a little bit of like worried about the future, worried about what's going to happen to our kids, our grandkids, ourselves, uh, or full of hope about the future. And I just want to encourage hope in your life today. Hope literally is oxygen for your soul. If you, if you don't have hope, your life starts to crumble. Your life starts to collapse. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says, this hope we have as an anchor for our soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. Hope is an anchor for your soul. You know, I think there's some people that have experienced uh, enough disappointment, difficulty, struggle in, in life that kind of their outlook is don't get your hopes up. Because if you get your hopes up, then you're going to have your, you're going to be disappointed. Can I tell you that to, to be in a posture where you're thinking don't get your hopes up is a really a sad way to live your life. And um, when, when we lose hope, when we lose an expectation for the future to be a greater thing, we really do lose our reason for living. We just kind of trudge through the day, trudge through the month, through the year. Proverbs 13 verse 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Something you wished for didn't quite pan out the way you wanted. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And after hoping for things to work out for us and they haven't, I mean, you know, your heart can crash. Your heart can sink. It, it, can, it can cave in on you. There has to be some kind of spark of hope within us that causes us to say, I believe things are going to get better. I believe things are going to... I watched a, uh, a little commercial or a thing about Apple computers. It was 1985. Steve Jobs had brought in another guy to take over. That guy took over Apple in such a way that he literally kicked Steve Jobs out. And I was watching this news report from 1985, and they were talking about um, how people were not interested in home computers in 1985, that the market was crashing. And I was, I'm looking now at all that Steve Jobs accomplished when he came back. I'm looking now where almost everyone owns a personal computer. Don't let somebody calling your demise Get in your head, get in your heart, get in the way you think about life. Hope 
is all about our outlook on the future. And some, I think our outlook on the future gets conditioned by some of the experiences of our past. Uh, you know, people that we trusted have let us down. Maybe we've experienced a betrayal. Maybe we just experienced being ghosted by, by people. Or maybe we feel like we've messed up. We've failed too often, and, and it's hard for us to have hope because we're looking down on ourselves. Maybe uh, difficult things that, that you had no control over were happening to you. Some, some of us grew up in family environments that did not inspire hope, uh, did not inspire us to believe for, for a, a better day. And it can, it can become, just through the wear and tear and the conditioning and the negativity and the cynicism and the, the uncertainty, it just can become easier and easier to lose hope, to lose that spark. Life becomes dull. Life becomes lifeless. And we can find ourselves in a situation like, I feel stuck, like I've got, I'm working in this job that I don't really want to be working in. I don't feel like there's a future for me, or maybe some of the relationships around us are not giving us hope, or maybe we just feel like we're in a rut. Ever felt like you're in a rut before? Two of you, good, awesome. Um, your soul needs it's not like a bonus thing that would be nice to have. It literally is an oxygen for your soul. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, but now faith, hope, love, abide, these three things, but the greatest of these is love. It's literally one of the three basic essentials of Christianity. Here's who we are, faith, hope, love. What's it all about? Faith, hope, love. And, and hope is a major theme throughout the Bible. Hope is a major theme from the God of hope. One of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. God has plans for you. Some other people might have plans for you, but they will never overcome God's plan for you. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare. That, that word is many times translated prosperity. Plans for prosperity, not for calamity. Plans to give you a future, and a hope. Don't ever doubt that God does not have plans for your future. He has plans for your future that include your welfare, that include you, that is for your future, that is to give you hope. God has no plans for your calamity. And there'd be some people that would tell you, yeah, that hard thing, that came from God. Let me tell you something. God didn't plan that, but God can use it, and he could cause you to rise above it. We can have a posture that says this, the future is ours because the future 
is his. When, when my life, when your life is in the hands of God, he's got plans for a great future for you. Amen. Proverbs 23, 18 says this, surely there is a future. Somebody read that with me. Surely there is a future. Let's read it again. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Come on, seven of you enjoying that idea. Your, your future, your expectation of the future can be strong. In the midst of all that's going on, all the craziness, all the uncertainty, all the negative that's going on, maybe even in the midst of what's not going on that you wish was going on, God speaks out to us today And he says, I, from my eternal word, seasons come, seasons go, cycles happen, round and round and round they go, but God's eternal word says, I've got a future for you. I've got a hope for you, and your your hope will not be cut off. All right, now this is the verse I want to preach on a little bit. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Leave that verse up just for a minute because I want to point something out that I think is important. We've been in a series of messages for a while for our church called Praying Like Paul. We've been looking at Paul's prayers and, and how it should fuel our prayer life. And this is Paul's, one of Paul's prayers for the Roman church. And I, I look at this verse and I realize the things that God wants for my life, the things that God wants for your life are really all positives coming from heaven, coming from the hand of God. He He wants hope. He wants joy. He wants peace. He wants believing. He wants you to abound in hope. He wants power for your life. This is God's intention and God's hope for you. God's anticipation for you. Look look at this verse in um, in the Passion Translation, Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. May the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Come on, somebody. God is the God of hope. He specializes in hope. He specializes in helping you live an abundant life. He specializes in lifting us. He specializes 
in loving us. He specializes in being for us, giving you, giving me hope. You know, when we come together for Easter, uh, it's a day that we focus in and we celebrate on Jesus' amazing victory. And we're always aware of Jesus' victory and the resurrection, and, but there's something, there's something about Easter Sunday. That's a great day. And I really love this whole, the whole Easter weekend. It, it pulls us back into re- remembering what really is important. On that good Friday, Jesus bore on the cross our sin, our sorrow, our sickness, our transgression, every bit of judgment that was rightly due to us, Jesus took it upon himself at the cross. Anybody grateful for forgiveness? Anybody grateful for what the price that Jesus paid? But Friday happened and and we need Friday. (laughs) We need it for our life, but Friday, one day, Saturday, two day, third day, all of a sudden, Jesus rose from the dead. He like, he just, he overcame it all. He overcame death. He overcame hell. He overcame the grave, right? Jesus went down. You know the devil would love to have kept Jesus in hell. He would extend every bit of his ability to keep Jesus down. If he could not keep Jesus down, then he could never keep us down because Jesus shares his victory with us. And you got you, you to gotta know that, that there is nothing that can ever defeat God's purpose for Jesus. We saw it happen. It's a historical fact. It's taken place. But also, nothing could ever defeat God's purpose for you. There is no devil strong enough. There is no opposition strong enough. There is no circumstance strong enough. There is nothing that is greater than God's ability to maintain his purpose for you to have a hope for your future. I love this idea in Acts chapter 13, verse 29. It says, when they had carried out everything that was written concerning Jesus... They took him down from the cross. They laid him in a tomb, but God raised him from the dead. Come on, somebody say, but God, but God. I'm so glad God has a big butt. (laughs) Some of you guys are on delayed response on that one. Am I supposed to laugh about that? Come on, here's what the Bible says. They crucified Jesus, but God rose him from the dead. Come on, maybe you've had a door close in your face, but God can open doors no man could ever close. Come on, you got to factor in 
whatever happens, but God is so important. Maybe the report you got from the doctor wasn't the report you wanted to hear, but God is more than able to heal us of every disease. It's over and over a promise throughout his word. Maybe the job situation didn't work out how you thought it would, but God is a way maker. And when he decides there's going to be a way for you, he will make it happen. Just a reminder, you, you and I can have hope in the midst of any struggle, any opposition, because the resurrection power of God can overcome anything. Now, I've been recently just thinking about this idea that not only did Jesus overcome death and overcome hell and overcome the grave, but God literally raised him far above all. In other words, he didn't just come out of the grave. God raised him up, put him on a throne above all. So Ephesians 1 verse 19 says it this way. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength, all this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death, set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge, in charge, in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name, no power exempt from his rule. Not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. That's why I asked those guys to sing that song. He is over it all. He has the final word on everything at the center of all this. Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. You are never going to hear those verses and that idea read on CNN. That ain't going to happen. But I'm here to tell you that God's word existed long before CNN ever came on the scene and will continue to exist long after CNN is shut down. The Bible tells us Jesus is exalted. Jesus is in charge of everything. And I can promise you, he's not wringing his hands and he's not worried about what's going on. He's on the throne. He's in charge. Ephesians 1 verse 20, he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and the price of gas and inflation and wars going on on the other side of the world and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Jesus is far above all rule 
all authority, all power, all dominion, every name. The resurrection of Jesus is a big event. But I'm saying it doesn't just stop at the resurrection. God's power raised Jesus to the ultimate place of authority over all things. Jesus is head over all things. Not just religious things. All things. Right? Psalm 24 says the earth is the Lord's, all it contains the world who, and those who dwell in it. I take a lot of comfort in knowing that there's somebody who is actually really in charge who knows what the heck they're doing. Come on. I, you know, sometimes I, I watch our world leaders our nation's leaders, and I'm think, we've got 333 million people in our country. Couldn't we put a better leader out there? No, I'm not. Don't take me wrong. Again, if you have any hate mail, Justin Conway at rockofashville.com. I'm not trying to be political <laughs> at all. Jesus is in authority, not because he maneuvered. Jesus is in authority because he's worthy. Like he is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. I, know, I don't know what your background is and you came in and music was a little loud for you today. But Jesus, some of us have really been saved, like, from a lot of stuff, and it can't get too loud for us to worship God because we're grateful. I know you, you might say, does it have to be loud? Yeah, kind of, it does. You get loud about everything else. Let's be loud about worshiping God. Jesus is worthy of honor. Jesus is worthy to be loved. Jesus is worthy to be surrendered to. We can live in hope because our hope rests on his authority. Our hope rests on his faithfulness, his promise. Jesus loves this planet. God's not mad at the planet. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe would have everlasting life. Because God, the next verse says, did not send his son to judge the world, but to save the world. God, God loves his planet. All this crazy stuff that's going on right now, God's saying, I am know exactly how I'm going to make that work for my purpose. I know exactly how I'm going to make that turn for my purpose. God has a plan for the planet. God has a plan for you. God loves you. He has a plan for you that would include you being hopeful. No matter what the news of the day is, Jesus is Lord over all of it. There, 
There is nothing too small to escape his notice. There's nothing too big to be beyond his capability. I love this idea, and I'm going to close with this idea. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Somebody say believing. There's power in what you believe. Our lives are ultimately shaped by what we really believe. Jesus had an encounter with a couple of guys and in Matthew chapter 9 records this story, verse 27. Jesus left the house. He was followed by two blind men crying out, mercy, son of David, mercy on us. When Jesus got home, the blind men went in with him. Jesus said to them, do you really believe I can do this? They said, why, yes, master. Jesus touched their eyes and said, Become what you believe. Because the truth is, we all become what we believe. Every one of us has a belief system. BS, I like to call it. Every one of us has their own BS, right? Whatever, we all believe something. Somebody could say, I don't believe in God, and yet that actually is what you believe, right? I think it's better to say, I believe, I just need some help with my unbelief. So, you know, some people will say, I just, I'm just going to live by my truth. There's no absolute truth. There's just, I get to, I get to choose my truth. And whenever I hear anybody say there's no absolutes, I go, are you absolutely sure? There's no absolutes. We don't get to make it up. Hello? If you were walking, if you were walking down the beach and you saw a sandcastle that looked like that, you may not even know who created that. Who built that? But I can promise you, if you got a lick of sense, you'd look at that and go, that's not the product of a million years of evolution, of erosion that accidentally created something. You would look at that and you would go, someone created that. Someone designed that. I don't know them. I don't know who they are. But my best sense would say, that got created. I believe somebody created that. Can I just say, I know there's a lot of questions you might have. There might be a lot of loose ends that haven't tied together. But the Bible says, joy and hope and peace come by believing. You're not going to get there trying to work it out in your head. You're not going to get there trying to calculate it all out on a little calculator, you're going to get there by believing. What you believe is a powerful force in your life. Hey, I want to pray with you today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And 
Father, as we come before you today celebrating this incredible moment in history, Jesus rising from the grave and ascending to sit on a throne far above all galaxies and governments and principalities and powers. Lord, we, the, the spark of hope starts to wake up inside of us to think, God, you're, you really are in charge and you can take whatever has happened and turn it in to something good. I want to pray with you today, every head bowed, every eye closed, just for a few moments. It's our last minute together, but maybe you're here today, Easter Sunday, 2022. Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. I'd love to pray with you. Come on, let's start that journey together. Maybe you're here today, and you can look back on a time where you were not, where you were in a much better place in your relationship with the Lord. You were close to him in the past, but you know you're not there now. You're not where you want to be, where you could be, where you know you should be. Today would be a great day to come home, to surrender in a fresh way. Maybe you just don't feel confident about where you stand with God. But I want to pray with you. Nobody's looking around. We're almost done with this service. But you say, Pastor, would, would, you, would you pray with me? I, I want to surrender to Jesus, or I need to come back, or... To him, I want to know for sure I'm right with him. Just pray with me. Would you just lift your hand real high? Just say, that's me. God bless you. Come on, God bless you. All over the room. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Just right here, a moment of honesty. Just a moment of transparency. Just a moment where you could enter into hope for your life. Anybody else? Thank you. Hands up all over the room. Appreciate it so much. Appreciate your heart in this. Hey, I'm not... This is not a call to get your act together. This is a call to surrender. Anybody else? Just say, yeah, include me. I want to be involved in this prayer. Thank you so much. You can put your hands down now. Let's all pray this together. This is for everybody who raised their hand, but I would love for us all just to say these words together. Everybody say this, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love and your Lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned, I've messed up, but I'm coming to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start and a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord.